Welcome to BSD Talk, number 73. It's Wednesday, October 4, 2006. I want to give a big thank you for the listener-contributed AUG RSS feed on the main page. Now, on to the interview. Today on BSD Talk, we're speaking with Savan Janian. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks, Hamion. So where are we reaching you? Uh, In sunny, well, actually cloudy Brighton in the U.K., And the reason I called you today was in regards to one of your projects, which is Brighton Chili Spot. And what is that? It's a live CD-based project, which is basically my take on BSD advocacy. It basically contains everything to run a managed chili spot-based Wi-Fi hotspot. So basically, you can boot your system off the CD and... contains a radio server, a web server, and PF, so you can do the filtering for your network, and that's pretty much it. Um, Initially, at the moment, uh, it's based on FreeBSD, but I aim to cover uh, OpenBSD and um, NetBSD in the next couple of releases. For people who aren't familiar with ChiliSpot, what is that? ChiliSpot is basically a Wi-Fi hotspot management tool, which basically what it does is ties in with a radio server and a web server. And basically when a client connects to the access point, it asks you to authenticate, which ties in with the radio server and the accounts that you have on the radio server. And it lets you basically do things like um, have uh, paid for hotspots, theoretically. Like uh, there are pe- quite a lot of people are using it with a tool called... Um, PHP My Prepaid, which lets you do that. So this might be used by hotels or coffee shops or other places. Yeah, and basically down here we've got an organization called uh, Peer to Peer. That's how I came came into contact with um, Chitty Spot. They basically provide uh, free wireless around Brighton and at some of the music festivals in the summer. And they use it basically on their on all across their network to provide authentication for all the clients and stuff like that. So you decided to bring Chili Spot to the BSDs. How did that happen? Well, I've always liked the BSDs for the like you know, what they provide and the wireless side of things. And basically, there wasn't a port in the free BSD tree, so I decided to have a crack at it. And yeah, and just got on with it. Really simple. And thanks to the handbooks and stuff like that, it's pretty straightforward. That's the way it should be, really. And obviously there was some additional complexity to bringing it to a live CD distribution. It's the beauty of the BSDs, you know. It's kind of the developers do the best to get everything done and covered so you don't have these problems. So, I, you know, after a bit of Googling around, I came across the Frisbee project, and it was relatively straightforward. Read the documentation and just get on with it. And the guys from the Frisbee, uh, Frisbee project have actually been really great. They've actually um, seeded a copy of the the ISO for other people to download, and they've provided quite a lot of help on IRC and stuff like that for any problems I've had. But it's pretty much been smooth sailing, and, yeah, that's, that's the beauty of it. And how much auto detection does this project have for wireless cards? At the moment, I mean... 
as somebody has pointed out, um, there's no support for the Atheros cards as far as I know. So it's only some of the cards uh, which are to support host app uh, will be supported. But what I hope to do uh, within the next couple of releases is basically have a fully automated um, CD. So you basically boot off the CD, a bit like the OpenBSD installer where it just basically gives you the interfaces and you pick what's what and it does the rest. But I've been kind of swamped under with work for the past couple of weeks, so I haven't actually had much chance to play around with things, but it's on the list. And Bright and Chili is a live CD, but is it also designed to be, uh, do you also install it on the computer? Well, the, the other thing that I've um, uh, messed around with a couple of weeks ago was making a flash image so people with like uh, soccerist boards or wrap um, boards can use it to basically um, boot those off or if they've got a compact flash to ID adapter to use it to turn an old PC into a managed hotspot. But ideally, what I want to do is actually, rather than actually provide it as an alternative BSD thing, is something for people to evaluate and actually move on to actually taking that first step to actually installing a BSD distro and getting on with it. And you've also done some work porting ChiliSpot to other BSD distributions? Yeah, I did the uh, initial kind of uh, patch for, the, uh, for OpenBSD, and then about a month later, uh, one of the guys um, provided the missing bit, so yeah, now it works on OpenBSD and theoretically NetBSD as well. And there's a port of that on my blog, which you can download at geekland.co.uk if you want to give it a try on that. It should be quite nice as well with uh, 4.0 as they've um, brought in uh, free radius into the ports tree, whereas before it was just a Cistron radius server, which was available. Were these pretty invasive patches to get this to work on the BSDs? Uh, no, not really. I mean, it was pretty straightforward. There was just a couple, just one bit to do with the ton interfaces that needed to be cleared up. And apart from that, yeah, all the work was done originally by some other person when they ported ChiliSpot from Linux to FreeBSD. And will these patches be accepted in the ChiliSpot software? I'm hoping to um, get it taken in, yes. Um, I've also talked uh, with the head developers to getting some other improvements done on it. But yeah, hopefully it will be merged into the next version when it's done. But unfortunately, he's also, you know, he went missing off the face of the earth for about four months. So the next release, we don't know when the next, it's going to be, but there are people working on it, and yeah, it should be included in the next release. And so have you been deploying ChiliSpot on the BSDs in your area, or is it still primarily on Linux? As far as the only major rollout down here that I know of with ChiliSpot is peer-to-peer, and they're pretty much, they've gone down, the, moved on from the PC route down to the embedded route, and they're using the WRT54Gs with ChiliSpot running. Um, so it's pretty much been me with access points in the office and at home and stuff like that doing the testing out and yeah, just seeing how it works and using it as a diagnostics tool on the ChiliSpot forums just to see whether it is actually something that people are doing or if it's a hardware problem or if it's actually a problem within Chile. At the moment, um, there's a guy from Kuwait who I'm working with to resolving. He's basically got um, three quite big servers with quite a lot of clients connecting to it and ChiliSpot keeps on dying, so, but the thing is we haven't actually had any kind of feedback of any kind of large-scale deployments where clients connecting to the hotspot to see whether it is a ChiliSpot problem or not. What are your preferred wireless cards for the BSDs? 
the railing stuff just seems to just work, but the problem with that is the aerials on them aren't very powerful, so you kind of end up rolling back to the old Prism 2 cards, but they're expensive. But on the client side, as much as I hate to say it, the actual Cisco Aeronet 350s are just amazing. You know, the 100 milliwatts on the aerial just really does make a difference on the amount of coverage that you can get off a, off a laptop and stuff. Um, uh, on the server side, yeah, Raylink. How did you stumble upon the BSDs and how do you use them? The first time I came across um, the BSDs was uh, when the Slashdot post went up um, for release 5 of FreeBSD and um, that I just got uh, got hold of an alpha which I'd tried the so-called compact optimized version of Red Hat 7.2 for the alphas which just was a complete pain and I installed FreeBSD 5 and I was just completely amazed at how much of a difference it made compared to the so-called this so-called alpha optimized version of Red Hat and when I started getting into it and with the handbook and stuff like that, it was just so straightforward. And prior to that, I always struggled with the same stories most of the people who have been on the show when they've got on to uh, trying to use uh, Linux distributions is that, you know, it was kind of clunky and things didn't work and the documentation wasn't there and so on and so forth. And it was just all straightforward with FreeBSD and stuff. So I kind of went down that route and then from FreeBSD I jumped across to OpenBSD and now that I've got myself a tiny little IBM work pad, jumped across to NetBSD as well. So yeah, I'm quite happy in BSD userland. And are you using it on all your machines or just a small set of them? Well, uh, in the office anything security related and mail related and BNS related is all OpenBSD. Web servers, FreeBSD, on my desktop, I've got, uh, well, one of my many desktops, but my main one is a PowerBook G4 running OSX. But apart from that, yeah, it's pretty much all BSDs. And when you're in the BSD world, are you mostly command line, or do you also do graphical stuff? Pretty much all command line, but if it's graphical, I don't go for anything fully-fledged like KDE or anything like that. There's a window manager called Ion, which is um, pretty cool if you just want something graphical, but you're a keyboard user. So, yeah, that's that's my window environment. What about your text editor of choice? Starting to master VI. What other kinds of projects are you working on that are related to the VSDs? The other thing that I've got planned coming up is um, another live CD-based project. For a while, there's been a kind of various articles around the Internet which have been um, using a free BSD box as a fake .Mac server for Macs. And as there's so many kind of old G3s and stuff like that knocking about, which will be redundant when um, Leopard comes out, I thought it would be quite a good idea to kind of release something like that to give those old machines a new lease of life for people who do have them knocking around. Apart from that, uh, what I'm really looking forward to is uh, learning C and actually getting more into the development side of things and actually producing code. There's a bunch of guys... uh, on a forum called BSD Nixus. It's kind of cool just watching them because there are kind of people who are taking their first steps and it's quite exciting watching people come out with you know bits and bobs and things to try out. Yeah, C makes my brain hurt. I'll be the first one to admit that. It uh, definitely <laughs> doesn't fit my patterns of thinking. But the thing is, though, it's kind of 
else are you going to kind of get into the the development side of things to do with the BSDs? It's not C or C++. If you had the BSD developers on the line, what would be one thing you might say to them or one feature that you're most happy about? Well, um, just had him on. Uh, Bob Beck and all the, the OpenBSD guys, spam D, wow. <laughs> it just is the answer to all the spam problems, isn't it? I have a client at the moment who I've been working with who have a, a Red Hat box, and they've, it's pretty high volume on the mail side, and they were trying to filter all this spam using uh, Spam Assassin and just using Spam D in front of this box. You know, it just completely solved most of the problems that they were having as far as, you know, Spam Assassin just completely chewing up all the processor, trying to deal with all this mail coming through the system. Well, thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Cheers. If you'd like to reach the show archives or leave a comment on the website, you can find it at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. And if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 73.